You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, back at it. I'm locked on Horn Frogs. My apologies for uh, missing yesterday's show. This is Steven Simcox, your host, and I had fully expected and planned on doing a show on uh, Monday the 27th, um, or Monday the 28th, excuse me, but basically I-, I was traveling back from visiting some family and got back late, was doing some things for my other job, and just didn't have time to, to knock out a pod. Uh, for Monday, so my apologies, but we're back. It's Tuesday, December 29th, and let's talk some TCU Horn Frogs football during this show. Uh, in the first segment, we'll hit on this bowl game. Frogs taking on Arkansas uh, on Thursday night should be a fun one in the Texas in the Texas Bowl. So we'll talk about you know some some matchups uh, headed into this game. Secondly, um, in our second segment, we'll break down our Pro Frogs report. We'll take a look at how some TCU guys did in the NFL this week. And in our final segment, I will tell you who I think the most important. So everybody's getting next year of eligibility this year uh, from the NCAA. It's basically like a mulligan year really across all sports because of the pandemic. Um, so it makes everyone eligible to come back. And I will tell you who I think the most important Horn Frog is who might be on their way back or might test the professional waters. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be who comes to mind for you immediately. So we'll try to break all that down as we go through the day. But first, this bowl game against Arkansas. Arkansas is 3-7. and seven. Um, You know, the record obviously does not break out at you. They've lost six of their last seven coming into this game, and they were bludgeoned by Alabama to end the season 52-3. to three. Now, I mean, them and everyone else that's played – uh, the tide this year they're just an absolute machine um, but Sam Pittman's done a nice job there in year one they beat Mississippi State they beat an Ole Miss and they beat Tennessee earlier this season and I'm really curious to see one and I, I've said this before but I think a big key for this game is we're gonna find out uh, how good this offensive line is and how much they've grown over the last few weeks and I think we'll find out against Arkansas the bottom line is, you know, Oklahoma State is a is a good defensive team, um, and, and they held up well against Oklahoma State. OU, who probably has the best pass rush in the Big 12 this year, just absolutely demolished them. They were torched by West Virginia, who also has a really good defensive line. And late in the season, this team just didn't see uh, a lot of good D-lines. Um, and even though this is an SEC team that didn't have a great SEC season, uh Arkansas and that conference in general, I mean, we can be real about it. We can be honest about it. They just produce better offensive and defensive linemen than really anyone else in the country, but especially the Big 12. I think that is the thing that separates the Big 12, and it's the reason they haven't had a lot of success in the playoff and in major bowl games is because it's just really difficult for them to win the battles up front. So – even though this Arkansas team doesn't have a really good record, I think we're going to get a good picture, a good taste of, okay, how much has this O-line grown? Can they protect Max Duggan? Can they allow him to make plays from the pocket? Can they run the football? Because in the second half of the season, they have really become a, a run-first team, which, I, you know, I'm okay with that. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I know a lot of you believe that in 2020 – and whether it's college football 
or the NFL, you have to be able to throw. And, yeah, I think you have to be able to stretch the field vertically and at least, you know, threaten to throw the football. But I don't believe that you have to throw the ball 50 times uh, to be successful. I think you just have to be efficient and you have to uh, do multiple things well. You can't be a team that just uses quick the quick game by throwing bubble screens um, and short passes in the flat. And you also can't be a team uh, that just throws deep shots. And that's really what TCU is right now. They don't have much of an intermediate passing game. So can this O-line hold up against the Arkansas, State, Arkansas D-line? I, I feel like that's going to be a huge key in this football game. Also, you know, Arkansas's offense uh, sort of stalled out as the year went on. Now they put out some good stats. Traylon Smith, their running back, has over 700 yards rushing. Traylon Burks, uh, their wide receiver has 820 yards receiving. Felipe Franks, former Florida quarterback, is having a nice season, over 2,000 yards passing. Um, they run up tempo. It's a it's a mixture of both. Kendall Bryles is running this offense, uh, so they want to use that power run game and then use that to uh, get into their passing game and, and throw it all over the field. But they've scored. I mean, they put 35 points on Florida. They put 48 points on Mizzou. Um, 40 or 31 points on A&M, 33 points on Ole Miss, 30 or 28 points on Auburn. Like they put up good numbers really all year long. And this defense, which down the stretch has become what you would expect, what you love about a Gary Patterson defense, physical rallying to the football, uh, secondary making plays. You know, this is going to be a huge game for Trey Tomlinson. Um, does, does Keon Stewart get some burn? Does he get back? Is he healthy enough to maybe play a little bit in this bowl game? Can, uh, can CJ Caesar hold up his end of the bargain on the other side? Is he going to be able to cover good, solid wide receivers who are going to run, um, multiple routes and put a lot of pressure on this defense? Arkansas, I think is going to really be motivated for this game. They want to send off their guys with a victory, they want to show that, you know, Sam Pittman is is trending this team in the right direction. And a way to do that would be certainly to beat a TCU team that is red hot going into the season. I, I think a W would be big for this for this TCU squad. You in the year at seven and four, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Yes, there's obviously some issues. Uh, you got a coaching staff change late in the season. Sonny Cumbie's gone. But you have plenty of momentum going into the offseason. You win um, six of your last seven games, that's a huge deal. This team was one and three. I did not think seven and four was a possibility or was on the radar when they started the season one and three, even though I knew the schedule was going to get easier as the season's gone on. And they found a way to make plays, make things happen. And I think that's a credit to Gary Patterson, this coaching staff. As maligned as this you know, offensive coaching staff has been at times, They've made some adjustments that have allowed them to win games. Coming up next, let's do our Pro Frogs report. But before we do that, uh, holidays just wrapped up, and you might look at your bank account and say, oh, boy, I spent more money than I expected, than I probably needed to. But it's, it's good things. You're buying presents. You're buying food. You're, you're trying to spend time with your family and friends. Uh, why don't we replenish some of that money that you spent over the holiday season? If you love football – and you want to make some cash, why don't you try Bet AG Online? Um, they have NFL games of the week, college football, the top games, also the current headlines in sports. 
BetOnline.ag is where you go. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get a 50% welcome bonus. It's your online sportsbook experts. They will tell you how you need to bet, what you need to bet to make some cash. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Go there today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Back on Locked On Horn Frog, second segment in today's show. Let's do our weekly Pro Frogs report. Let's take a look at how some uh, TCU guys did in the NFL this week and, and what happened across the league. And we'll start with Ben Banigou. Um He only played four defensive snaps. He was active for the first time in, in a few weeks, which I think is a good sign for Ben. But it's been a tough season for him. He hasn't really uh, been a factor for the Colts at all. Colts fell to 10-5 and five after losing to Pittsburgh. 28 to 24 and he didn't register any stats in the limited playing time that he had hope that he can you know have a good offseason sort of get back in the coaching staff's good graces for whatever reason I I thought LJ Collier came on strong in, in that draft class and ended up being a first round pick um, Ben was the more productive player in college and I thought Ben would be a, a good pass rusher in the NFL. Hasn't come to fruition yet, but he's very young. So hopefully he can get that on track uh, as he continues to grow and develop in his career. But, again, limited playing time for the Colts and their loss to the Steelers. Ross Blacklock, um, Texans fall to 4-11. and They lose 37-31 to the Bengals. I was watching that game. The Texans' defense got shredded. Brandon Allen for Cincinnati was just throwing darts. I did not know much about Brandon Allen going into that game but the last few weeks he's posted wins over the Steelers and now the Texans and he's playing well so obviously Joe Burrow's the future in Cincinnati uh but maybe they have a solid backup there and Brendan Allen or will possibly get a chance elsewhere he was throwing dimes against Houston maybe it was a once in a lifetime performance but he looked good on Sunday and that win for the Bengals uh on, for Blacklock you know, he had one tackle and one quarterback hurry. Ross has had a tough rookie season. I know J.J. Watt sort of got after him for a silly penalty earlier in the year. J.J. Uh, Watt appeared to be calling out his teammates again, not Ross specifically, but just the team in general after the game, talking about how uh, they got to work hard, they got to stay focused, they have to finish the season strong, even though um, they're struggling right now. But he gets a tackle and a quarterback hurry. Uh, in the win, in the loss, excuse me, uh, against the Bengals. L.J. Collier for the Seahawks. Seattle clinches a division title. Had a 20 to nine win over uh, the Rams. Collier had one tackle. The Seahawks defense played pretty well against L.A. L.J. Uh, just hasn't had the consistency there so far. You know, he's he's made some plays. He's made some splash plays. He was banged up for most of last season. But um, just that week-to-week consistency, he hasn't quite found that yet. But he does register a stat against the Rams on Sunday. Uh, probably the man of the week and the man of the last few weeks was Andy Dalton. Huge game against the Eagles, 22-30 for 371 yards and three touchdowns. Did throw one pick. But the Cowboys keep their playoff hopes alive with a 37-17 win over Philly. Andy looks more and more comfortable. Once they finally gave him some time to throw the football and make some plays. Amazing how that works. When you protect your quarterback, he's able to uh, to do more, um, and he was able to do that on Sunday afternoon. So 
big for Andy and Cowboys have a shot at the playoffs. They need to beat the Giants on the road on Sunday and Philly needs to beat Washington. Hope that gets done so we can watch Andy Dalton lead a team into the playoffs again. He did that a couple times when he was in Cincinnati. Jeff Gladney for the Vikings. Vikings lose to New Orleans 52-33. to That was the Alvin Kamara game. He had a huge game that had six touchdowns. Uh, Gladney had six tackles and four solo tackles. So he uh, was able to put some numbers up. Had a nice game, had some tackles, but yeah, that Vikings defense struggling right now. I know they're really banged up, and Mike Zimmer is not happy uh, with their performance. Jalen Rager, uh, Philly, they lose that game to Dallas. He, uh, Philly, they lose to Andy Dalton and company. Uh, he only had three catches for 30 yards on seven targets. He had a punt return for 15 yards. They put him back there for a punt return late, which I think is a good sign for Jalen. It means... They sort of trust him to be that explosive player uh, when the game is on the line, but just hasn't gotten nearly as involved in the passing game as you'd like to see. Philly's had quarterback issues. Jalen Hurts now starting um, after Carson Wentz was starting to, to start the year, and him and Jalen just haven't really synced up too much. So Rager with another sort of quiet game there in Philadelphia. did have a punt return late in that game. Seems like Philly sees him as an explosive op option they just got to get that offense figured out vernon scott had three tackles for the packers and there went over tennessee that was a fun game to watch on tv it was in a huge snowstorm there at lambeau field uh, his teammate ty summers had two tackles for the packers as the packers defense did a nice job uh in a 40 to 14 win over tennessee that detroit team is really really good vernon scott and ty summers might be the frogs with the best chance to win a super bowl this year uh, because they are just absolutely cooking right now. And Jason Verrett, um, San Francisco, they come up with a surprising win over Arizona to get to 6-9 and nine on the season. And uh, Verrett had seven tackles, one tackle for a loss, and one pass breakup. And he was covering DeAndre Hopkins for most of the game. So really happy again to see what Jason Verrett has been doing Um this season coming back from the injury. By the way, Jerry Hughes is actually playing right now for Buffalo. They're playing the Patriots. Bills are up 17-9. to uh, Sort of have that game on in the background as I'm recording tonight. But it, it's been sort of a comeback story type season for uh, TCU and the pros this year. Jason Verrett coming back from injury and doing a really nice job. And then Andy Dalton, who uh, came back after you know losing his job in Cincinnati, basically getting replaced by Joe Burrow. He's had a really nice season in Dallas since taking over for Dak. I know he's played a lot more than he probably expected. Um, and I'm curious to see what happens with Andy in the offseason. Does he stay with Dallas? I'm sure they'd be really happy to have him back as a solid backup option if Dak gets hurt again. Or does he move on and end up being, you know, the starting quarterback in maybe Jacksonville for a little while and in Chicago. I hope that Andy gets another chance if he wants that to start in this league because he has certainly shown the last few weeks if you put good players around him, he still has something left in the tank and he can still make big plays. That's your Pro Frogs report for this week. Coming up, let's talk about who the most important player is who could be coming back for the Frogs. I'll discuss that next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Do you hit that afternoon wall? Or are you someone that you, you get to 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and you're just like, man, what am I doing? Uh, this is brutal. I'm ready to go to sleep. I'm ready to take a nap. Why don't you try Built Go? Built Go is a small, convenient 
a little one and a half ounce bottle. It's, it's just a, a small solution that you can carry with you uh, throughout the day. It comes in peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, or chocolate mint. And Built Go combines an energy gel with some protein. It's fast absorbing. It's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. If you visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that promo code is LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Go to that website today. Use that promo code. Save some money. Get some energy. Break through that afternoon wall. BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Final segment, Locked on Horn Frog. Stephen Simcox here with you. Over the next few days, we'll break down uh, this Arkansas-TCU matchup should be a fun one um, when these two teams link up in Houston in the Texas Bowl. I saw today uh, they were showing a replay on, on TCU's Twitter account, uh, some highlights of the 2007 Texas Bowl, TCU in Houston. Andy Dalton won MVP. Frogs get the victory over Case Keenum and a good Houston team. So that was a fun game to look back on, and now they'll be back in that game taking on Arkansas and Sam Pittman and that team. Um, That should be a fun one. Excited to see how the Frogs do. So we'll break all that down throughout the week. But I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, with this extra year of eligibility and um, everybody being able to come back and have an extra season of college football, anyone's eligible to do that. I I was thinking today – who would be the most important, impactful player that could come back for TCU? And I know who everyone's thinking of, Trayvon Merrick. And I'm actually going to go in a different direction. And Trayvon's great. And if he decides to come back for another year, I don't think he will. I obviously feel like he's going to move on to, uh, to the NFL because he's one of the top safeties on the board, and I think he'll get drafted highly. But he's going to test the waters. He hasn't opted out of the bowl game. That's worth saying. I'm sure he'll put his name in the hat, get his draft grade back, and test the waters. But I think the most important, most impactful player who could come back and play one more go-around, one more season with the TCU Horn Frogs is TJ Stormont. TJ is the grad transfer from Colorado State who came in. Um, I think he probably would have started if he had a normal offseason, but he did not. The pandemic took that away from everybody. So, TJ didn't start the year on the in the starting lineup on the line. And this O-line struggled. They struggled immensely. There were games, you know, against Kansas State, um, against West Virginia, where you could point to, man, if the O-line does a decent job, maybe TCU wins these games. At least they're more competitive. Uh, but that wasn't the case. They just weren't able to get it done. They weren't able to keep Max upright. They weren't able to give him a clean pocket to make plays in. And about midway through the season, you know, they had some injuries. They had to shake some things around, shuffle some things around. Wes Harris goes down. Uh, Steve Avila was out for a few weeks. And they put Stormont in the lineup. And he, start, he started the last few games of the season. And it started sort of rocky, but – once he got comfortable, he really stabilized that line. And him at one tackle spot, and then Steve Avila, when he came back from injury, he decides he's – or they decide he's going to play tackle as well. Um, that made that O-line so much better. So you go into next year, you got T.J. Storm at booking in one side. 
Avila booking in another. Maybe they put Wes Harris back there if he is healthy or in slide Avila inside. Maybe they shuffle around the with uh, Harris and put him at guard. Garrett Hayes, highly touted recruit, four-star recruit, top 100 recruit in the country. He didn't play this year. Hope he's ready next year. Maybe he's in the lineup. And all of a sudden, you have the makings of a really good offensive line. And with the skill position players that they have, Zach Evans running the football, Dar- Darwin Barlow running the football, Kendra Miller running the football, Quentin Johnson on the outside, Tay Barber playing inside receiver, Savion Williams on the outside. All of a sudden, if you're able to protect and hold up and allow this team to run some more plays, long-developing plays, long-developing pass routes, we're talking about a potentially special offense. If they can get that line stabilized, if they can get this play calling figured out and keep defenses on their toes more, then you could be looking at a special offense, and that all starts up front. You know, if Merrick comes back, I think that'd be fantastic. And obviously, he is an amazing player in the secondary. But, I feel like Josh Foster did a nice job when he was asked to relieve him. Now, he wasn't asked to relieve him much. But when he had to be in the game, when he had to play in the game, I thought he did okay. This line, for most of the year, and a lot of that was without TJ Storm in the lineup, was totally different. They weren't very good. We can be real about that. They just weren't. So, getting TJ back, and he would be a fifth-year senior. He's been in school for a long time, so I don't know how interested he would be in it. But if he comes back, that would be huge. And I'm interested to see what his decision is, what he's thinking, if he'd like to have another go-around playing college football, playing for TCU. Because if that O-line gets better and this offense improves and this defense stays relatively solid, they got a lot of returners. They're losing some guys in some key spots, but they also have a lot of returners. Then maybe 2021 really is the year for this team. We'll talk more about the bowl game tomorrow. We'll also look at some Big 12 bowl games, and we'll get you ready for the week that will be in TCU basketball. This is Locked on Horned Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.